If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Psycho Something Else. I'm Yahtzee Crucial. I've got a robe full of dog and I'm ready to blow. And I'm joined by Marty Sleever. Man. If I didn't know that was literal, that would have been very weird. Well, the ready-to-blow thing isn't literal, but the robe full of dog. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome. Let me know if our volumes are good, because I've had to change my volume in every stream, and people keep yelling at me, and I just don't want anyone to yell at me anymore. Please don't yell at Marty. He's a sensitive soul. He's very sensitive. You can tell he's worried because he's smeared jam on his forehead. No, I've had dry skin. This is weird. It's a, it's a thing. I don't know what's going on. And it shows up... For some reason, on this camera with this lighting setup, it looks really bad. And then on every other mirror in my house, it doesn't look bad. So I don't know what is going on. I think I'm dying. I think I might be dying. Yeah, sounds like it. Well, before you die, let's get through uh, this week's podcast, which is on the subject of can games really ever go back to their roots? That's the rhetorical question in the title. Um, Anything specific bring this up, or is it just the sheer legion of remakes and re-releases we've seen being farted out lately? Yeah, and it was... um, This kind of marketing has been used for a lot of games uh, over... Well, we're going to talk about it over a very long time. But most recently, uh, Assassin's Creed uh, Mirage. um, Yes. Was was heavily marketed as, this is going back to the series' roots, and everything you loved about Assassin's Creed and the Year of Our Lord 2007 will be found in this game, and you will pretend it was like the end of the Bush administration. That's how much fun you'll have. Without wishing um, to give too much away, because that's my mm-hmm. review that's coming out publicly this week. Yep. Do you think it achieves that? Uh, No. I think it stripped away a lot of the things that have become a little cumbersome and a little shaggy in modern Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's uh, when people say going back to to, to a series roots, um, it's kind of a term that doesn't mean anything or it actually means so many things to different people that it doesn't mean a single one single thing. And so it's kind of meaningless uh, in, a, in an odd way. Well, I've, uh, I still think we're in a sort of very reflective period in games right now. Mm-hmm. Coming off the uh, death of the live service era, where everyone's just sort of figuring out where to go from here. And naturally, that's uh, resulted in a lot of introspective games that are remakes of old stuff and uh, mm-hmm. attempts to bring back the old magic to see what still sticks with audiences. I would throw out Sonic Superstars as one of those as well. Yeah, Sonic. It, Sonic feels like one of those series where um, every other game that comes out, it feels like this is it. 
this is what you loved from the Genesis. This is Generations and Colors and Mania and Superstars. This is Sonic going back to its roots. Um, and it just never, none of them ever seem to be the game that gets it right. Is that just because uh, we've moved on as a people? That it's from, At a certain point, we're all used to having a lot of sort of invisible quality of life improvements that uh, old games didn't have. It, and so now, it, yeah. our, now tastes are different to how they used to be. I think, yeah, uh, that's, I think that's definitely part of it. Um, I also think that we've, we've talked a lot about nostalgia in the past and I'm someone who actually really likes thinking about nostalgia and media that, that tackles nostalgia in an interesting way. Well, we all um, like nostalgia. Sure. I mean, nostalgia is the, the longing for our own, you know, personal yeah, a time a, and place in our, a in our personal past. Natural part of the human condition. We all wish we were all young again and had f- fully functional penises. But yeah, exactly. And and no Gorbachev marks on my forehead. Um, but the problem when you look at art uh, is you're not thinking about wanting the thing to go back to what it was. You're thinking about wanting to go back and feel the way you felt when you played that thing. And that is something hmm. that is possible to recapture, but is much harder than just saying, well, we're just going to give you the mechanics you had 15, 20, 30 years ago, and we're going to put some music you recognize, and boom, there you go. You got it. Um, I think Sonic Mania was a success story because, uh, I think I've said before, it successfully recreates the old 2D Sonics in the way you remember them, not the way they actually were. Yeah, yeah. Like, the movement feels... The movement is better than it was back then but it feels like it felt when you played it as yeah. a kid the um, animation is uh, improved there's like twice as many frames for every animation but on a cursory look they just sort of look the same as to how you remember them from the old yeah uh, yeah games it's uh yeah and and but also the problem is like when you say you're going to go back to your roots for something like what does that actually mean? So I've been playing a lot of the Silent Hill games. I started The Room last night. Silent Hill Four: Colon The Room. I'll be interested uh, to hear your perspective. It's uh, I've it's, crawled through so many holes in that game. Yeah. Three hours of just hole crawling. Yeah, we like crawling through holes, but it certainly uh, split the fan base. That one. It is, and so if if a new Silent Hill game were to come out and said. This game is going back to its roots. And I'm not talking about, like, the remake of 2 or something. Uh, so so they came out, and a game was called Silent Hill 5, and they said it's going back to its roots. What would that mean to you if you just read that? Like, what are the roots of Silent Hill? Well, um, I suppose if they'd said that, I would be expecting a pseudo-open-world-y, uh, low-key explorative survival horror like what the very first Silent Hill was. Would you expect it to have PS1-era visuals? Or would you expect it to have a modern look to it? Would you expect I... the camera to be fixed? Or would you expect to have sort of the modern se- design sensibilities of being able to um, have full control over what you see? I feel like I'm being cornered at a political press conference by a savvy No, journalist. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just saying that there's like so many different elements to where if I asked you, and if I asked me, and if I asked anyone else... I feel like people would have different definitions for like you. I think your thing very broadly is true, yeah. but some people might be like, well, we got to, we got to do the story of the cult. And then other people would be like, no, 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 we have to do what Silent Hill two did. And you have to just exercise everything else and, and, and cut it and trim it. And it should be about one person's 
emotional trauma that they're well, that they're working through in Silent Hill. Well, that's what every bloody Silent Hill game was when they were being developed by the West. They were all trying to recapture that Silent Hill 2 magic where you're yeah. a dude and you've got a dark secret or something. Yeah, yeah, you were a prisoner, you're a truck driver. Yeah. Um and so it's it's kind of one of those like like what does that even mean? Like who it's it's when when a series is talking about we we're, we're going to give it to you like it was at the beginning, it's like, well, there was a, it was a lot of different things, and a lot of it changed and evolved because certain design things were bad. Like, well, I suppose in the context of uh, a modern game designer promising to do that, but yes, my headphones are plugged into nothing, Doctor Zebra. Thank you for noticing. After all this time, it's because they're Bluetooth, and uh, this is just the charging cord, and I can't be asked having to look for it every time I need to charge the headphones. So I just keep them in. Is that okay with you? Do you feel yeah, like you, you really let you really got derailed? By that it was just the way he like suddenly exclaimed it. It felt like he was felt he thought he was making some kind of gotcha. <laughs> anyway, um. I guess if when I hear someone talk about going back to their roots, I uh, think expect something along the lines of Assassin's Creed Mirage. Like they're going mm-hmm. to go back to what was fundamentally fun about the original formula and strip back all the features, which Assassin's Creed does on a, has actually done on a fairly regular basis mm-hmm. uh, because it has this nasty habit of trying to innovate just by adding more weapons and attacks and gadgets, uh, most yeah. of which just uh, serve to make the game easier. It feels uh, so, like a lot of a lot of series get into that uh, cycle of they uh, they keep adding and piling on new new features and mechanics and everything, and then at a certain point it becomes cumbersome, and they're like, yeah. "We got to shed this weight," and then it circles back around, and it's like the cycle never ends. We've seen this with Call of Duty. We've seen this with well, um, it's it's Resident a natural. Evil. It's a natural process. the The first wave of innovation is just like adding more to the formula. And the second wave of innovation is streamlining it. And yeah, that's yeah. why uh, Boomer Shooters had a sort of uh, had a, a second wind in recent times because uh, the standard uh, standard for shooters uh, had become a little bit too complicated with all kinds of this extra bollocks. People wanted to return yeah. to the simple pleasure of the core gameplay loop. I think. That's yeah, and do you do you think Boomer Shooters succeed in that? Like, do you think Boomer Shooters succeed in going back to the roots better than franchises that try to go back to their own roots? Like, does it almost take an outside perspective in order to examine? I and, think and sort of really there's hit- a lot of modern uh, retro style Boomer Shooters that do successfully streamline back to like the core uh, formula. Mm-hmm. Something like uh, Dusk did that very well. Okay, yeah. But uh, at the same time, when they do that, you also have to elevate the old material. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonic Mania did that, Shovel Knight did that, where you uh, take like the old formula, but you also take some of the lessons you've learned in the intervening years uh, to, as we say, sort of make us feel like we're playing it for how we felt the first time we played it, uh, even though it might not quite be how we remembered it, if we actually go back to play yeah. the actual originals. Yeah, um, Tunic is another example, and Shovel Knight of of these mm. outsider perspectives who clearly, like, yeah, they're coming from a place of experience because those developers grew up on those games, and so they are making 
Mm. It's not like a, a monolithic Ubisoft saying oh, we're gonna we're gonna try to reclaim the magic of 13 years ago, or or an Activision saying we're gonna try to simplify Call of Duty and we're gonna we're gonna bring it back to boots on the ground. Um, but it is individuals, especially in the indie space, who grew up playing those games and were influenced by them and wanted to go into development because of those games, who feel like they have a better grasp on the exact things from those original games that made them so special like in tunic's case the yeah. exact things in the original zelda that made it so special that sense of discovery there's uh, definitely more of a there's, definitely, there's more of a wholesomeness to like an indie developer saying i'm gonna make this thing that uh, i'm that's influenced by something i was passionate about back in the day compared to when a triple a developer publisher talks about mm-hmm. going back to the roots because when they say it there's an element of cynicism to it especially in the case of assassin's creed because it's like you know it's no secret that it's been like trundling along for so long with so many different installments and that uh basically bringing out a new saying you bring out a new one is kind of uh meaningless at this point mm-hmm. and saying that we're going back to the roots is the sort of admission that they don't really know what they're doing at this point it's going we're going to like Go back and back to where we knew the formula worked and see if we could figure out where the rot started setting in. Yeah, and it's also confusing with a series like, I just keep going back to Assassin's Creed because it's a modern example, but one where Assassin's Creed was so influential, not only obviously in its own franchise, but in other Ubisoft franchises and in just open world games in general, in the way we traversed cities in open world games uh, mm-hmm. and the way combat would work in something like an Arkham uh, and then now to Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. And so you can go back to the original roots, but you also have to take into account that those roots have spread into other trees that have grown. Mm-hmm. And like we have knowledge of those other trees. And so trying to go back and, like you said, kind of find that original sin without original rot i don't think you said original sin i think that was yeah. the garden of Eden. Yeah, i think i'm starting to get my, the, my gardening metaphors yeah. I was trying to keep the religious up. themes out of it yeah um hey for assassin's creed it's fine to bring those in uh you, but, well, you've reminded me of something i said about amnesia rebirth right so okay. amnesia dark descent was a hugely influential horror game that has sort of that has uh, the root of like a whole bunch of uh, new and interesting genres of video game horror, like the first-person horror style, Five Nights at Freddy's, Alien Isolation, it's all sort of rooted from there. But Amnesia itself, with Amnesia Rebirth, felt like it hadn't really moved on from it at all. It wasn't really trying to go back to the roots, technically, but it was sort of had yeah. never really moved on from the roots. Yeah. Yeah, and the... It's, it's, like, you think it was the... <clears throat> But I guess Amnesia is a weird series because different, so many different games in that series were handled by different developers, right? Like, yeah, the, uh, the first, the first one was the first one was frictional, frictional games, and then uh, the Chinese room did Machine for Pigs, but it was frictional again with the next two. With oh, frictional did Rebirth and uh, the bunker. bunker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And before Amnesia, yeah. there was they did the like the Penumbra series, which was definitely building oh, yeah. up to Amnesia and was similar in theme. And did they also do Soma? Was that frictional as well? Yes. I always forget yeah. that one. That one's neat. I know. It's probably one of my favorite ones of frictional games. Yeah. And, I, and yet, when I'm listing Amnesia games, I keep forgetting about it. Yeah, I guess it just doesn't have the, the, the franchisation, which is a good thing, but I it think feels it, like a singular story. Well, it feels different because what I liked about it was the, like, the hard sci-fi themes and uh, the horror part. 
I could have I could have done without. I felt like the monster chasing in Soma felt unnecessary and sort of got in the way of what I liked about it. Yeah, to the point where they even I think very quickly added a mode that was like you'll strip away the monster and you can just enjoy the story and the atmosphere and so I like to the, think the, I like, did my part to convince them that would have been a good idea. You did, you did, exactly. Um but when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I don't know. Like, is it a, a, a single, like, a developer gets too lost in the sauce to be able to see, like, maybe they're too close to the source material to be able to truly go back to the roots from, like, an objective standpoint. If also, yeah, as I say, it's also a risky things. move to make because it's an admission that you've kind of written yourself into a corner or don't know what to do next. Uh, well, yeah. going off what else we've got on the thumbnail there, I noticed we've got Resident Evil 4 remake. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the Resident Evil for the Resident Evil series as a whole, which has done this many times in many different ways. I'm right? not sure what the plan is in Resident Evil Town, because uh, I don't really know where we're going from here. It feels like the the remake series has just been a holding pattern. Yeah, it, and it felt like it was a three game holding pattern. Yeah, it felt like it made sense. You're going to do two, three, and four, and then what happens? And so now yeah, you have these I'm two what... parallel lines where you have seven and eight, and presumably a nine, which will probably expand on eight, so will feel more like four. So, what... and even yeah. with Village, people are like, it's going back to its roots. Well, not not its original roots. Seven went back to its first roots, and then eight went back to its later roots, which yeah. changed the roots. Eight went back to the Resident Evil Four roots. And it also yeah, went back to the, the more general roots of uh, bringing the Umbrella Corporation into absolutely bloody everything. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, with Resident Evil like Silent Hill, you could, if you ask someone what what is like the, the core tenet of the series, if you're going to go back to its roots, hmm. would people say you need to be in a spooky mansion? Would people say you have to have zombies? Would people say it has to be fixed camera? rendered backgrounds um does it have to be about umbrella can it just be new characters uh well so it feels before like we all, over the years before we all started getting introspective and analytical about what the phrase going back to the roots means i would have said that resident evil 7 felt like going back to the roots because yeah. it was you know just a dude trapped in a haunted house i would say that is arguably one of the best examples of a game doing that and that is definitely an example of a series that hit a point where it was like, we don't know what we are anymore. We've gotten too big yeah. and shaggy and people have lost interest. And so we're going to hit this button and we're going to rewind time and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to roll it back and do it again. Yeah. And it's funny. It's kind of the second time they did that. Cause it yeah, almost yeah. felt like first remake was them doing that of saying like, okay, two and three and code Veronica have gotten a little, gotten a little out of hand. So let's, let's pump the brakes and, and sort yeah. of go back to the Spencer mansion and, and fulfill our original vision. 
and to a lesser extent Resident Evil 4, which uh, was mm-hmm. increased in scope, but uh, it had it was more concentrated from a story perspective. Yeah, it was just yeah. save the president's daughter from the evil cult. Yeah, but yeah, Resident Evil Seven definitely. You know the 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 family's house feels like the Spencer Mansion. It's claustrophobic. It goes back to um, you know the the survival horror of having limited ammo and and having think, to solve puzzles yeah. and constantly being chased. And as for the remakes, I think what we learned from the RE4 make was that you can uh, recapture a game, but you mm-hmm. can't recapture the impact it had at the time. Yeah. Which is kind of impossible, yeah. right? Because that impact yeah. is, that was like a one-time bomb. Yeah, quite. So now the RE4 make just feels like more Resident Evil to put to tack onto the end of RE2 and RE3 make, which yeah. uh, is a little disappointing compared to the huge impact Resident Evil 4 had. Yeah, and I feel like we get that with um, a lot of times with sequels to like uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Hmm. another thing from the thumbnail let's go Uh, through it all yeah exactly exactly and again that was just more of like a you know something for zelda as a whole which um breath of the wild one of the things they said with their mission statement was they wanted to go back to that feeling of exploration from the original legend of zelda yeah so when you talk about going back to when you talk about going back to your roots you either just like remake an old thing or you just actually go back to the fundamentals of the way the game is designed and that's what Breath yeah, of the Wild did. Yeah. It was going back to basically like the very first Zelda games and the design principles that went into that. Go wherever you mm-hmm. want and sort things out at your own leisure. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Tears of the Kingdom comes along and kind of just does, like, I love Tears of the Kingdom. It's my favorite game of the year. But it does a lot of more of the same while introducing some big new ideas, but doesn't feel as... Um, like they didn't reinvent the wheel in the same way that breath of the wild did. And so I feel like, um, like resident evil remake is unable to recapture that, that momentous moment of resident evil four tears of the kingdom feels like it, it, it in no way, shape or form. Could it have recaptured that feeling of what breath of the wild did to reinvent the, the series? Hmm. Looking at the thumbnail still, am I right in thinking that that weird shadowy figure trying to hide behind the logo there is a Final Fantasy 16 reference? It is a Final Fantasy 16 reference. Thank you. Look, this is like your own little uh, uh, guess the game with the thumbnails. Well, it was uh, either it was I was I was a little thrown by the sword. I thought it might have been Final Fantasy VII remake, but uh, now that gotcha. you confirmed, yes, because yeah. that's another good example of a game that would that you could certainly imagine would have said we are taking mm-hmm. Final Fantasy back to its roots. Yeah, which uh, is another franchise that what the hell does that mean? Uh, yeah. truly what the hell does Final Fantasy Well, I guess in this mean? case it means we're going back to sort of Western-style Tolkien-esque fantasy in medieval mm-hmm. castles and fighting yeah. dragons and shit. And, but also we're adding a whole lot of Game of Thrones stuff. Yeah. Because that's what's uh, popular, I guess. And it's funny because this isn't the first time the series has done that, right? Uh, Final Fantasy IX was like all yes. right we get it final fantasy 7 and 8 that was that was sci-fi that was a lot of emo boys we're going to pump the brakes and we're going to go back to swords and castles and crystals and princesses well it was almost um, um evoking 
a, uh, not quite the same kind of fantasy as the first uh, Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy IX felt a bit more... Ooh. Would you know what I meant if I said Brian Froudy? No, is that, that's a... That's okay, a never mind. Dark well, crystal e labyrinth I love Dark Crystal, yes. That Dark sort of um, slightly ugly Jim Henson-style fantasy of from the, uh, uh, yeah. the, the early to mid-90s. Yeah, I, which I kind of love. <laughs> so, like, I thought that was cool. I don't think enough games uh, pull from... Uh, pull from that as as kind of a source material or that particular so. aesthetic yeah uh, yeah uh who was the who's the guy you mentioned was that just like a fantasy author brian froud he was like a, a fantasy artist who specialized in sort of goblin looks i think he did some of the okay. art design for labyrinth oh perfect hang on I i'm a big fan up. of goblins so um any anyone who's trying to th- throw uh goblin yeah. balls my way yeah if you search for brian froud on google image search you'll see a lot of shit that looks like uh, belongs in the dark crystal. There you go. Ooh, yeah, I like that. It was good stuff. Uh, Brian Froud, look at that. Shout out to Brian Froud. If you're in the chat, Brian, thanks for thanks for doing great work. Is he even uh, still alive? I don't know. I like to shout people out just on the. There's like a one in a billion chance they are in chat, and right. uh, sometime it will happen, and it'll be really great. Right, it'll be I'll huge. Be like 200 or so people watching this. Yeah, Brian exactly. Froud will somehow be among them. Yeah, um, there was an interesting. Uh, I saw an interesting fun fact over the weekend, and it's with uh, Super Mario Wonder, which you haven't had a chance to play. Um, no. I played a ton of this weekend, and it is very much. It is pulling from the roots. It, it feels like it's pulling so many ideas from Mario Two, Mario Three, Mario World, in a way that uh, none of the two D games since have done. Uh, mm-hmm. But a really interesting thing about Mario Wonder is it has. Uh, uh, Obviously, a massive uh, group of people worked on it. The original Super Mario Brothers in 1985, five people worked on it. Of those five people, four of them worked on uh, Mario Wonder. So we I'm never not sure get this what in that games. counts. If that counts for much, I'm just saying that so rarely in these instances of going back, I would be curious if a like a literal single person who worked on Assassin's Creed One worked on Assassin's Creed Mirage. Um, let alone uh, four, think... 80% of the people who had their thumbprint on the original Super Mario Brothers are also still at Nintendo and worked on Mario Wonder. So there is a um, sort of like an internal knowledge there in history. Well, I guess, but there's not, lacking a, lot of, from a lot of there's not a lot of uh, crossover in the skills needed to make a modern style game and the skills needed to make an NES game. No, but at the very least, you have people who have institutional knowledge you can you can go over to a person who worked on the thing you were trying to replicate from 30 years ago and talk to them and i don't know if that's the case with you know resident evil 7 to resident evil 1 or well this is the problem with like uh, doom 2016 to the original doom well this is a problem i've often complained about is how games don't really have any uh you know face behind them there's no we don't really have names like we did back in the day Mm-hmm. Uh, like when American McGee and used to stick his name on everything. Yeah, yeah. No one's really taking responsibility. Uh, we just look at who the developer was and the actual specific development team could be something vastly different. And that's why so many uh, uh, game franchises just bring out sequels that feel vastly different. Yeah. It's been yeah. the case for a while. That was always the case with uh, Team Silent as well, with the first four Silent Hill games. You might have noticed there's a bit of a, a shift in tone going from game to game. 
Yeah, and there's different because uh, I mean, some of that team went on to form the Siren team, right? And went on to make Siren. Yeah, um, uh, I think like I remember that um, uh, the team that had the most members in common with the team for Siren Hill 2 was Siren Hill 4, which makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, Silent Hill 3 feels, feels a little overstated atmospherically, and Silent Hill 4 feels close to Silent Hill 2 in, on that sort of level. Yeah, yeah, I would say closer. And, like, the games pull references. Like, this is the, the serial killer that you keep referencing in 4 is a serial killer that you that is directly referenced in 2, right? So it's Yeah, like that's literally, they just pulled out that one throwaway in. thing for Silent Hill 2 and decided to make yeah. a whole game out of it, which yeah. uh, which is fun. And also, yeah, one and the, it's one of those. It's not like necessary to have known the lore, but if you have, you're like, oh, I, I got gotcha. you. I'm picking up this name. Also, there's a major NPC in Silent Hill Four, who's James Sunderland's dad. Really? Have you gotten that far? Have I met him yet? I don't know. Um, have you? I'm like three hours into the game. Like the um the uh, superintendent of the apartment building. Get the fuck out of there! Really? I keep seeing him through a people. Yeah, his name's like trying to get me to pay rent, but I live in a pocket dimension and I can't. His, his name's Frank Sunderland, and there are oh. certain moments where if you look at like some of the things around your apartment, uh, Henry's eternal monologue would say, I remember the supervisor saying that his son went missing in Silent Hill a while back. Oh, I like it. I like it. Silent Hill, you've done it again. <clears throat> uh, yeah, he actually looks quite a bit like James Sunderland if you, if you look at his face. I kept wondering if he was that serial killer so far, but I don't think he is the serial killer. No. And every time I look out the window, there's more handprints because people keep dying on me. No, it's and not I a, like how when you crawl through the holes, you go to a world and it's like water world, forest yeah. world, pipe world. Yeah, forest water world is basically like Sonic the Hedgehog in that respect. <laughs> exactly, exactly. When any of those things chase, man, I got to my first thing that spooked me in that game, which is one of those like bulbous, like two-headed kind of monsters. It's like mm. big, big chunky guys. Uh, I encountered them. Ooh, gave me the spookies. I remember Good one stuff. time, like over like four playthroughs of Silent Hill Four, I looked out the window at one point and a head fell past the window and it scared the absolute shit out of me. I was terrified <laughs> of looking out the window for the entire rest of the time. I oh, in the, the game. game, not in real life. Yeah, Silent Hill Four. I keep I keep waiting uh, for jump scares every time I look out my window or every time I look in the uh, people. I'm like they're gonna they're gonna jump scare me. I know they're gonna jump scare me. But yes, to get things back on topic, Silent yes. Hill Four was actually you know a continued experimentation with Silent Hill formula. It doesn't feel much like Silent Hill One or Two, but it's undis- undeniably a Silent Hill game. It's very much got yeah. those vibes. Uh, the problem with uh, the subsequent Western ones is that they all felt like they'd all gotten into the series because they liked Silent Hill Two so much, and that's what they thought Silent Hill was. It's a dude yeah. being confronted with guilt for his past sins. Yeah. Yeah, instead of coming at it with like an original take on the spirit of the series, they just tried to emulate and replicate the one oh. that meant the most of them. George Lucas in the chat just said, "Perhaps we can get Silent Hill Four the Room remake if Silent Hill Two remake is big hit." I would controversially, I would be absolutely behind a Silent Hill Four remake because it's got so many good ideas, but it's got such critically bad gameplay decisions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um however it does have the one really uh, like so far the item box thing i'm like why why are we doing this but it does have that really cool puzzle where you have to dig up the key and the riddle says like you'll be stuck in the loop yeah and then you have to take the key back home put it in the box go to the new place take the key out of the box and then you can use it yeah that's cool it's just the fucking unstackable ammo and ghosts that harass you 
that you yeah, can't kill. Are, I've just been running away from the ghosts because I'm like, I can't deal with you guys. Well, that's the annoying thing. You're supposed to be able to like systematically examine the environment and look for all the hidden things to pick up and puzzle this solutions. So you don't want to be getting you know, chased away from everything by ghosts all the time. Yeah. Man, what if Silent Hill 2 Remake is good? What if? It won't be. <laughs> what if? It won't be. We live in a world where it's possible it could be good. Well, we don't, because it's a world where it's being developed by Bloober Team, so it won't. What if they, what if they learned? You know what? Even even bad developers can... Nope. Give me an example. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have one. I'm going to be honest. My, uh, my unlimited optimism couldn't even... Uh, couldn't Give even me an up. example of a, of a developer that learned from their mistakes and went from making a notoriously bad game to making a really good one. I mean, we have like the game success stories, like the turnarounds of a, um, you know, of a No Man's Sky and a Final Fantasy XIV and a Rainbow Six Siege and Warframe, but those aren't, those don't really count. I don't, they don't even count for my argument. You know, there probably are examples. I'm, I was, my, my memory is sort of clawing for a couple. I mean, there's those uh, games that, those like live service games that fixed over time. Uh, there was. Do you remember the original Bombshell game that was like an isometric shooter? No. Well, it was absolute arse. Terrible. Huge pile of shit. But then I think it was the same developers went on to make Ion Fury, which was actually really good with the same IP. Oh. Yeah, and they co-developed Ghost Runner. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yes, that's I, what that's what I was um that's why I was memory was groping for it. I remember playing a game that I really liked and I looked at the developer and they'd made like the original bombshell which was crap. Yeah. No, that's what I was remembering. Ghost Runner is actually pretty good. And we've got a review code for the sequel, but I'm not sure if I'm going to have time to play it because I'm playing Spider-Man 2 all week. Uh I believe the embargo is already up and uh I don't know if Casey's review is up, but he really liked it. So apparently the game's really good. Yeah, but was it just good because it's just more of the first game which was good, or did they actually improve things? Like the the boss fights in Ghost Runner were awful. Because uh, you really like the boss fights in two. Oh really? Well, perhaps so, I should uh, give it some time. Give it a little whirl. Yeah, give it a little runsies. Review will be out. Review will be out at two p.m. CT. Oh, you yeah. spoiled it, Nick. Now everyone spoiled. knows that KZ liked it. Oh shit! Sorry, we don't know. Maybe I lied. Maybe I misinferred from, from reading the yes, script. Yes, maybe you're just uh, playing the long game, just yeah. messing with our heads. Exactly, exactly. Like a Silent Hill 4 uh, a spooky spooky status effect. Um, well, what would you say What would you say is the most successful? Like, do you think Doom 2016 was a su- successful um, foray into going back to the roots? Yes, but as I said at the time, it's not really going back to the roots. It doesn't really play that much like the original Dooms. Mm-hmm. Plays a little bit like Quake, because uh, Quake let you blow the shit out of things and had a lot of verticality to it. Yeah. Not so much the original Dooms. Besides, you know, visual themes and all that. So I'd say well, that was a successful new game uh, that took the philosophy of going of stripping down the shooter formula until it was just focusing on the primary gameplay loop of shooting the baddies. Yeah. In con in like defiance of the sort of live service tradition, uh, where yeah. suddenly you might not shoot have to shoot everything. Maybe you have to make friends with some of the things that you can shoot, like in <laughs> yeah. like Deus Ex and the like. Yeah, 
But I'm sure there were still probably some people who were like, well, it's if it's not 2D, it's not Doom. Or if it's not, you know, like... 2.5D, yeah. 2.5D, then it's not Doom. Um, so you get to, yeah, roots... Root, like anything in life, roots seem to be even subjective. I noticed we've got Mortal Kombat 1 on the thumbnail there. Yeah, I had that, because that was a... Like, <laughs> Going back to your roots yeah. in a like literal narrative way. Well, that, that is... that's a series that's never fucking left its roots. Yeah, yeah, it's like too afraid to to yeah. travel. It doesn't want to live too far away from home, and it keeps rebooting its bloody canon. So I don't know yeah. where the hell it's supposed to go from here. Yeah, yeah. It's a, oh, we rebooted the canon. Oh, it didn't take. Oh, we rebooted the canon. Oh, it didn't take again. Oh, it didn't take literally within the same game in which we rebooted the canon. What a mess! Mortal Kombat. What are you doing? I know they keep selling though, so if they keep selling, I don't think it's gonna stop. Everyone wants to be the first one to put Mortal Kombat Two. Everyone wants to put out be the first person to put out a YouTube compilation of all the fatalities. And no, the next game is not gonna be Mortal Kombat Two. That is never how it's worked. In no, there is no case of a game titling itself such and such one being followed up by such and such two. Yeah, yeah. If it's part of like a long-term franchise, <laughs> I mean, the last time they just called the game Mortal Kombat, everyone was still calling it Mortal Kombat Nine. Names are confusing. That's the problem with these franchises; they never had the foresight to be like, "What are these names going to look like in fifteen, twenty, thirty years?" Well, that's what I keep saying. Um, yeah. Rest assured, I'm going to complain about it this week when my review of Lords of the Fallen comes out. Is does Final Fantasy have it right? Just put a number at the end. I'd say so. I mean, and then if you have the... a direct sequel to a game, just step put a two after it. <laughs> like, well, yeah. I mean, there's I, what, it works. What's wrong with that formula? No, nothing. That's... Nothing's wrong with that formula. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone knows the order the games come in. If they know that the, the Final Fantasy X has a sequel, it's just called X2. Uh, and suddenly nice we simple. got into this terribly confused space where we have to ask, we have to figure out what constitutes a sequel that justifies putting another number on the end. Assassin's Creed stopped with the numbers at four. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Now it's just Assassin's Creed subtitle, like it's like the Sonic franchise. Yeah, yeah. Chaos Emerald brings up the Battlefield series, which might be the worst. Where it's got a V, that's a five, and it's got a numeral one, that's for World War One, and then it's got big numbers, and then it's got hard lines. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Resident Evil was another one that was very weird about what constituted a numbered sequel. Because yeah. you had Code Veronica, you had Dead Aim, you had Outbreak, yeah. you had all of them. Yeah, Code Veronica didn't get a number, but Nemesis did. Like, how does that work? Yeah, Code Veronica's like way longer than Nemesis. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Grand Theft Auto, that's another one. Nine Grand Theft Autos down the line, we suddenly get Grand Theft Auto yeah. Four. <laughs> yeah, the fact that we look Vice City and uh, Vice City and San Andreas didn't count as their own Grand Theft Autos. Somehow, weird. yeah. Weird, weird. Shall we go to Super Chats? 
Let's I think everyone's remember, got everyone. a few examples to bring out. Yes, don't forget, all of these are going towards the funding of Adventure is Nigh Season 4 to be filmed in person yet again. Because oh once we go... 31%. 31%? Oh, blimey. It's, it's Wait, coming along. It is. We might get to a third by the end of October. And there's 69 the days to go. Nice. nice. That's a sex number. But uh, High Sco helps us along significantly with a nice pink super chat to the tune of 49.99 British pounds, which are the best pounds, and says, It is my birthday today and wanted to thank you all for the entertainment you have given. Oh, thank you very gosh. much, High Sco. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, High Sco. I hope you have an ice cream cake. Thank there. you for giving us the birthday money your parents put in your card. <laughs> That'll pay for, like, maybe half a round of McDonald's when we're out shooting Adventures a lot, lot season of people. four. A lot, lot of McDonald's orders. Rasmusium, member for 18 months and early access, says games probably shouldn't go back to their roots. Well, you know, you can never go home again, can you? Yeah. I mean, it has worked in the past. Like anything, I don't think it should be a hard and fast rule because we mentioned Resi, we mentioned Doom. Those are series Mega Man that 9? Were- Mega Man Nine. Those are these are series that, like, they they find themselves in a pickle and then they don't know what to do. And sometimes going back to the roots, if done well, works. Um, I think that's a very big if. Reinventing yourself works. I mean, if you say if done well, that sort of makes your statement fairly meaningless. I mean, anything would be good if done well, wouldn't it? Yeah, but that's why I'm against the idea of broad sweeping. This shouldn't happen. No one uh, should do. That. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. Don't be so broad, Rasmuseum. Oh, Rasmuseum, I think you could be just as broad as you want. Put a space in your name somewhere. Ah! Uh, Zaratha gives two R dollars and says, for either Adventurous Night or Marty's funeral, context related. Yes, it's my forehead funeral. Can I get much of a funeral? It is insane. I think this camera might be cursed. Because when I look at my bathroom mirror, it doesn't look bad at all. And when I look at this camera, I look like I got the, I like I got shingles. I don't even know what shingles are, but I look like I got shingles. You look like you got acne scarring, I was going to say. It's not. I don't. It's weird. It doesn't even show up in the other mirror. Do you I think have, it's haunted. Maybe you should get a tan. Maybe it won't show up. Maybe you should go out in the sun a bit. I can't. I fucking have to sit at this desk all day, fucking goofing and spoofing about remakes and roots and fucking playing Devil May Cry. Well, why don't you night. That doesn't count. mount a laptop to your head and then go touch some grass? I could. I would like to touch some grass. That would be very nice. I think uh, yeah. Fusionator gives four ninety nine and says, "Can a game series that has transitioned from a different format to being a supermassive open world ever really go back?" Looking forward to more Adventure is Night. Uh, like uh, Arkham Asylum that transitioned to an open world format. Do you think that could ever go back to the original, more Zelda ish? formula yeah like is like at a certain point does like a done bun can't be undone like you 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 can't you've crossed a threshold that you can't the go back to genie won't go back into the bottle the toothpaste won't go back into the tube exactly yeah i mean arkham when when a series it, when it's all about every iteration has to get bigger and bigger and bigger than, well like, i've always felt that you, next. you know always getting bigger is sort of like uh an unsustainable model uh, yeah. But a game can sometimes like ramp up things by like focusing harder on something. I always mm-hmm. thought Silent Hill Two did that in comparison to Silent Hill One, which was a, 
uh, Silent Hill 1 had a broader scope. It had a larger map. It had more open world elements. It had this big world-saving plot about defeating the evil cult. And Silent Hill 2 was a relatively focused thing about like a small handful of dudes just sorting yeah. out their own problems in a slightly less open-worldy setting. Yeah. I mean, I guess story-wise, things could be paired back. Like, uh, I would say Assassin's Creed Mirage succeeds, whereas Valhalla was about, like, you know, like almost force gumping your way through medieval history. Uh, um, I would I, I, I would argue Assassin's Creed Mirage feels less, not so much streamlined as just cut down. Those are different? Like, yeah. Are those well, being streamlined just means you've uh, reduced the weight so you can move faster and uh, mm. be more generally more engaging. And just being yeah, cut down yeah. just means there's less stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got, I, I got you. So it's, it's not like a nuanced way to yeah. trim it's, things. It's, it's almost. Like it's not. Just... It's not so much pruning a bonsai as taking a chainsaw to it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that um, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, Rufus Omega in the chat brings up a good uh, example. Can FromSoft go back to linear design after Elden Ring? Well, I mean, Ooh. we had Armored Core, which is the most is, linear design yeah, of FromSoft in it's about, as linear, it's about as linear as you can get, really. Yeah, but in terms of like the sort of the Souls formula, can like yeah, you know, that's that yeah. a good point. It's, I mean, just uh, if they brought out Bloodborne Two, I wouldn't say no at this point. Yeah. Yeah, just because I couldn't jump on a horse and go across the world like an Elden Ring. Um, oh, it is, yeah, it is interesting. I mean, a lot of times uh, I just had a hideous vision of like open world Bloodborne. It's like uh, set across the entire city, like a Spider-Man game or something. God, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's sometimes like a developer's success can paint themselves into a corner, which is uh, which is interesting. It could be a, a you know a double-edged sword. I don't know. Well, see, right. I'm, I'm curious after uh, the Erd Tree DLC that is coming out for um, Elden Ring, we don't know what they're up to next. So, mm. like, could they just do a Dark Souls 4? That's just traditional Dark Souls design. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they decided after Elden Ring they were just done with Dark Souls. With that whole thing and just going yeah. to different games. Elden yeah. Ring does feel like a sort of great big party blowout to end the season. Yeah. Yeah, and who knows? Now that you know Microsoft owns Activision, do the and Activision owns the rights to Sekiro, do they back up a Brink's truck of money to say, "Hey, we want our own exclusive FromSoft game. Please make Sekiro too." You know, so. Well, only time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, will Cooling gives two pounds and says, "I love Proteus because it cut out aimless wandering." Kai, yeah, I, uh, I think I said much the same thing. Uh, yeah. Proteus, I was actually. Very impressed by Proteus's level design. I almost never got lost. It was always clear where to go next, even though it was doing the classic boomer shooter thing where every level is sort of a maze where you have to find all the different colored keys to find the way yeah. out. Yeah, that's the um, that's a good example of uh, going back to what a game did originally, but fixing it with modern design sensibilities. Like, you don't need, like, in order to, to feel what you felt when you played the original doom, you don't have to just be lost all the fucking time. Like mm. you, you can, you can streamline that with the techniques that have been uh, developed over the past 30 years of, of level design and traversal and um, player orientation. 
Uh, Prize Fighter 26 gives five dollars and says, Worth remembering how a game is a result of the people who worked on it, and years later there's often not even a person from the first team still there. Yeah, yeah, yes, that, yes, that that's something we mentioned. The, yeah, with the Mario with the Mario thing. Um that being said, those five people who were very like you yeah, know, you said four out of the five. five. Who was the who was the straggler? Who was the stubborn bastard who couldn't give them all five? I, I actually don't know. I, he just might have left Nintendo, or literally might have died over the past thirty-five years. Um, it's it's a, but while those people were very how people keep doing that, isn't it? I know, I know, lazy. But while uh, obviously a team of five people, they're all going to be very hands-on with the game. At a certain point, like Miyamoto is one of those five people, and he wasn't that hands-on with Mario Wonder. Like, he was probably walking by yeah. and was like, what if, Ooh, what, if this, what if this thing started dancing? Or like, what if, what if you put this block there? Doesn't the game micromanaged much? He doesn't seem like a guy who does, no. He just seems to care about his Pikmin. Now Ooh. that Pikmin team. Miyamoto's probably micromanaging that. Uh, relevantly, Dr. Zebra gives $2 and says, how about those lame new Super Mario Brothers games? Not a fan of them. Not now, I've always felt there's like... There's sort of multiple tracks for Mario games. You got uh, Mario sort of spin-offs, your sports games and your typing tutors and shit. That's just the the wasteland. Yeah. You've got the tentpole Marios, which are Mario sixty four, Mario Sunshine, Mario Galaxy, Mario Galaxy Two, and Mario Odyssey. And then you have what I like to call keeping the lights on Mario where they just hash out a platformer that's very heavily inspired by older Mario 2D platformers or the like, uh, and uh, just uh, ensure that Mario still has a presence in everyone's minds. And I yeah. would classify the new Super Mario Brothers games under keeping the lights on Mario, and I'm thinking Mario Wonder might well be the same sort of thing. I, heavily, I agreed with the first half of that statement, heavily disagree with the Wonder statement after playing it this weekend. I okay. Was, I would I was, I was uh, constantly surprised and in a state of wonderment. Well, you've really talked it up, and I'm gonna hope I'll be impressed when I play it. You're not, on gonna, be, you're not gonna be impressed. You're not gonna be impressed because you don't like joy. You know what? How dare I like joy you. so much it just starts blemishing my forehead. That's how much joy I love. You have my my mind's gonna crack open like in Bloodborne, and my insights gonna come out. I That's how much don't. joy I like. I don't like joy. You're channeling one of those assholes in my comments. Is I just hate all video games. Is yeah. what you're doing. Except those, except those thirty-five games you like. Yeah, well, that's quite a lot of games when you think about it. One per year. <clears throat> Abdel Corrales, member for 19 months in early access, says, Can you have nostalgia if the thing never leaves? Well, no, Abdel Corrales. I've made that very point. Nostalgia is very specifically a longing for the things that have been lost in time. Yeah. So you can't really have you can't really have nostalgia for Star Wars anymore because Star Wars never bloody goes away. Yeah. Something yeah, that's that's sort of the power of something. People get excited for something to return because they haven't had it for a while. That was yeah. the excitement. In, That's in why everyone was excited for the prequels. Movie. It had been like 20 years since the last Star Wars film. Yeah, yeah. They've been like getting by with the methadone of the expanded universe and like video game tie-ins and the like. This was going to be yeah. the first actual Star Wars movie. And everyone was like throwing shit fits over get, being the first in line to see it. And then the Phantom Menace came out, and everyone thought it sucked. Not the kids. The kids like it now. Yeah, I noticed it's had a sort of a redemption, because people it. are stupid. 
goes to show that's what happens when you don't put enough funding into education in this country. That joy thing coming out again. You need to pump the brakes. You need to, you need to respect the children. People who gonna, think gonna, The Phantom Menace was good should go back and watch all the classic like 70s sci-fi movies. They should watch Star Wars. They should watch Logan's Run. They should watch 2001 A Space Odyssey. They should watch Silent Running. And then come back and tell me The Phantom Menace was a good film. 2001? No one should... 2001 and Phantom Menace have anything to do with each other. No. I do like my chimps. I like my chimps at the beginning of 2001. Those are great monkeys. And I like my big baby at the end. All movies should begin with chimps. And wow, you really baby. appreciate that movie on like the most surface level imaginable. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And then he's just going in a full-ass circle. It's great. I, I like well seeing done, the funny monkeys. I like seeing the funny monkeys in the thoughtful philosophical film about the progress of humanity. You remember when the big, the big rectangle shows up? Everyone's like, Jesus Christ, where'd that rectangle come from? That was great. Yeah, it makes more sense in the book. Now, readings for nerds. Well... Then you can you call the me Mr. Nerd. Have you read the sequels? 2010 onwards. Correct. No, yes, actually. I have seen I have seen the film for 2010. But uh, that's about all I've indulged of the uh, post-2001 shit. It is a difficult thing to talk about because when you said post-2001, I was just assuming all media post-2001. No. Everything's, everything's, it's very difficult to name things, again, like we said. Uh, Wesley Thomas gives five Canadian dollars and says, I've said before, everyone demands innovation, but not like that, change it back at once. We don't know what we want most of the time. Another yep. thing I have frequently said, in not so many words, Wesley Thomas, uh -huh. I frequently said, uh, if you ask people what they want and then try to give them what they ask for, they will complain that it's not different. So you might as well just make whatever the hell you want and uh, hope that with a wing and a prayer, it'll be the thing that really, you know, gels with people. Yeah. Nobody predicted that um, it's Morbin time would become a meme. <laughs> no one did predict that. And then Sony was like, hey, let's capitalize with it. And by the time yeah. the movie got back to the theaters, everyone was like, we don't care about this anymore, actually. Hey, look at that corporate people trying to capitalize off memes that that has always worked that has never been cringe worthy uh, Zaratha gives five R dollars and says Marty likes Goblin Goblin D's nuts sorry I'm contractually obligated okay not really sorry you're good. having a little I in do. joke like with goblin. Zaratha there I like goblins I think oh, that was just yes. a goblin D's nuts like a oh that's right we were talking about goblins earlier I was talking about goblins, and um, Nick loves his these nuts jokes. So I think Sir Arthur was like, and Nick said, "Fucking got him in the chat." Nick, go to bed. I played I a I goblin mage in. I played a goblin mage in World of Warcraft a while back. I wanted to call him Gob Job, but uh, the the filter screened that out. <laughs> so I called him Gob Off instead, which the filter didn't figure out. I like Gob Job quite a bit. Well done. Uh, Fungus Finder gives $2 and says, Marty is likely to love all creatures, even goblins. I love goblins. I love goblins. I love I love holes and voids. That's why I'm, I'm just, I'm really, I'm really smitten with Final Do you Fantasy, like the parasitic wasps that lay their eggs in the eyes of third world, third world country children? Yeah, they're adorable. Jeez. Even when their larvae burst out of the eyeball of a severely underprivileged child. 
especially especially that that's my favorite part you monster uh baradis gives two dollars and says weren't games roots their fleeting newness i suppose one could take that angle philosophically but as we say saying go back to the roots doesn't really mean anything anyway yeah it's it's trying to the recapture the excitement and success of a moment um which is difficult okay then uh, Blue McNeil gives $5 and says, New trailer for Hades 2 has a fun exchange between Zach Reyes and Hades, where Zach asks Dad about new lead, his brother Bofides, to Hades replies, Bofides nuts. Well, thank you for utterly ruining that joke, Blue McNeil. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that trailer, but if I do now, that joke will be uh, have absolutely no impact on me whatsoever. Like, I the trailer for Hades 2 and I did not even I didn't maybe there's a new trailer I didn't see but I feel like the uh, I didn't I didn't register a both of these joke uh, the first time around anyway I thought Zagreus wasn't in Hades 2 I thought it was a new protagonist I feel like this might be a goof this might not be a real this might be a goof and not in reference to a real trailer well even as a goof it fell flat then you know what goofs are in the eye of the beholder it didn't it didn't work for me either if I'm being honest but uh, maybe it would work for the younger generation who likes the Phantom Menace. I don't think that, those people have anything Phantom to Menace. offer the world of culture. What are you talking about? The kids? They made great vines. Oh, yeah, great. Is this how you know aging is happening? When the thing the kids like sort of bounces off you completely? Yes, that is that is one of the ways. Oh, well... Guess I'll just also kill myself. To crap Guess I'll get on the phone to Dignitas and stop blighting Dignitas. the world with my presence. Dignitas. It's that Swiss company that does the voluntary euthanasia. Oh, yeah. Whatever happened to Dr. Kevorkian? Is he all right? Remember that guy? Uh, in prison, Dr. I assume. You, you, you don't really develop in your career when you're in prison. You know what? Shout out to Dr. Kevorkian if you're in the chat. Salute anyway, wasn't he killing people who didn't actually want to die? Oh, I don't think, I think they wanted to die. Probably. That was that was what Dr. Harold Shipman did. Who's that man? That just he's, sounds like a murderer. He's another doctor who murdered their patients. Yeah, not no, because... Kevorkian, Kevorkian did it um, based on consent. Okay. Well, maybe he was before his time then. I think Kevorkian is great. Zaratha gives five R dollars and says, I've realized my last two supers were targeting Marty, so here's some Marty appreciation re-is. Re-A-I's. Heart, heart, crown. Re-I's. Thank you so much, Zarathar. I didn't feel targeted at all. I think your goofs were very funny. If we can't laugh at ourselves, we're doomed to become little Dr. Kevorkians. Think about it. Thanks for taking it on the chin. Took it on the forehead, am I, I right? I assume you have a chin in there somewhere. <laughs> my chin hasn't seen the light of day in probably 15 years. I am afraid. I don't even know what my chin looks like. I don't know if I have a strong chin. Well, I don't no, know if I have a weak chin. Well, nobody knows what their chins look like because it's hard to look down at it. Unless you've got a really big one. Jay Leno? Sure. Uh, the dude who eats pianos gives 690 and says, Nice. Oh, I see. 69. Thank you. 
again the and uh, Dr. Zebra gives five dollars and says yeah it's when you wear your scarf like that it reminds me of a priest's stole also reminds me of my first time oh here we bloody go again I don't wear a scarf it's a bathrobe with a grey lining it's getting a bit chilly in Northern California now that autumn's rolling on and Toffee likes when I wear my robe because he can hide in it yeah, let's go back to sleep. Oh, uh, Chaos Emerald really. gives two pounds and says, to adapt old ideas to new tech can be bad, sadly. Frowny face. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the other thing, is certain ideas just worked at the time and don't work now. Quite. Um, A lot of developers whose, like, heyday was in an era of 2D graphics. Peter Molyneux brings to mind. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that... Uh, 3D graphics was an absolute sea change. Yeah, I feel like that weeded so many really creative. And it sucked because for a while, people just couldn't make 2D games, right? It was like, mm. it has to be 3D. Whereas now, it's like, fucking, we got we got room for anything. And so, you know, you could have creators who didn't really adapt to the modern sensibilities still be able to make things on a smaller scale in the indie market. Um, but that definitely wasn't the case when we first jumped to 3D. There you go. Uh, John Connor gives five Canadian dollars. Says, a good remaster with quality of life improvements is a great way to return to the roots and make it look as impressive as when you first played it. So not like a, like a remake in the Dead Space remake style. Just uh, a re-release of something on Steam with like a resolution upgrade. And yeah. uh, like, like, like the Metroid Prime remake, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Fix the controls so they didn't suck so much. Yeah. Um... Yeah, sure. No, yeah. I'm, 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 well, I'm also thinking about how you always say, and it, it makes a lot of sense of don't remake the masterpieces, remake the... the. Yeah, but also, also keep the old masterpieces available to be played. Yes, that is, I'm 100% with you there. My God. The so, you know, fix so them up. Many, so fix them up so they still work on modern hardware, but don't, you know, yeah. don't go too nuts. And also make games less scary by changing the font on the sign to Silent Hill in uh, the HD collection. Give me to, Comic Sans. To Comic Sans, yeah. Silent Hill isn't a font. Should be, though. What kind of a font would it be? It would be the font that the logo has been in for a while. There you go. There you go. <clears throat> Uh, H Jorth87 gives 20 Danish kroner and says random question Art Deco or Art Nouveau well I'd have to go with Art Deco because that's the art style they used in Batman the Animated Series which can only be good this is true I want a Batman the Animated Series game I mean they already made one yeah there's there's tons dude I want like what if like what if Rocksteady did a Batman the Animated Series game well, that's what Batman Arkham Asylum basically was. I mean, they brought all the voice actors back. Yeah, but like the look. I wanted the look. Didn't have the oh, art deco. As I say, there have been a few Batman the Animated Series adaptations on 16-bit platforms, I recall. Yeah, there was a Sega Genesis one. There was a Super Nintendo one. I want a modern one. I also just don't want them to be making that Suicide Squad game. Just let them let them do something else. Well, apparently they've been rethinking things on that worried obviously there's probably a limit to what they can change at this stage 
But uh, maybe maybe they as much the bleeding as maybe possible. it won't be full of gear grinding bullshit. Who knows? Maybe they're going to nice. Team Fortress two it and completely remake it from the ground up to make it good. Theory that's coming soon. That's still slated for February. Although I could absolutely see it being delayed. Spectral Chicken member for three months in credit says going back to the roots to me feels like a developer or publisher trying to keep a franchise going until they can figure out the direction they want to take it in. Well, as I say, that's basically where the whole industry is at this point. Yeah, a holding pattern. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for the next big thing to, for everyone to rip off. Yeah. I'm just I'm, I'm glad that the bubble seems to have burst for live service games. Yeah, um, I said. I'm certainly glad for that. I, yeah. I, I wish it had taken the last time it happened with MMOs. But it seems this is yeah. like like 3D in films. This is a lesson we just have to learn every decade or so. Yeah. I mean, the thing, the worrisome thing, though, is like games are so fucking expensive to make. Well, at least like the current AAA idea of what a game should be is so expensive and time consuming. Um, well, there's, you know, people are rethinking things. Assassin's Creed Mirage turned things down. They even released it ahead of time because there wasn't so much bullshit in it. I mean, it's not very yeah. good, but it's a, it's a sign of good things. Yeah. Yeah. And you even have, uh, I feel like developers like Insomniac who releases pretty good games on a pretty regular basis you know we got uh spider-man in in uh 2018 miles morales in 2020 ratchet and clank in 21 uh well it was probably easy to hash out these games because they've got all the assets on hand and oh look they got another spider-man game out by just you know using the same map as before because it's new york and it's got brooklyn and queens and let me tell you oh is is that new yep oh that's hard to to tell uh, Lady Luminous, member for three months in bonus content, says, Is Nintendo best at going to their root stroke doing nostalgia, or are indies better at capturing that feeling? Well, I think Nintendo is another case of never having really gotten off their roots. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they've never really gone away, much like Star Wars in the present day. They've been churning out the Marios since the beginning. Yeah, and even if a series does go away for a little while, it always sort of exists somewhere in the Nintendo Ether, whether as a, you know, backwards compatible or downloadable service game or... Um, yeah, well, you or, say or that. Some, where's, where's Kid Icarus these days? Uh, no, that's a... I mean, that's... Kid Icarus where's, went away for a very long time and then... Got actually, where's, Smash. where's um, like half the Smash Brothers cast? Where's, where's the Ice Climbers? But I mean, is that... Is adding them to Smash part of the idea of them never going away? Oh, that's you know the Smash mean? is just like the stud farm that they all go to uh, when they're being put out to pasture. Yeah, that's like, oh, we can put them here because uh, you'll never, like, this way you won't forget about them. And if yes. we ever want to pull them out and someone has a good idea for a game, then you'll be like, oh, it's the character yeah. from Smash. Like, but this way I'm they sure can't Nessun, cause any Nessun trouble. Lucas. Yeah. I, yeah. The Nintendo just sort of helpfully guiding a severely aged Captain Falcon. Back to Smash yeah. says, yes, that's right, Captain Falcon. You were once very popular. Just go back inside now Take before you get run system. over. <laughs> uh, Hunter Roach gives $10 and says, the thing that popped to mind with this topic was Metroid Dread. Not sure if it counts as going back to the roots as it is just a sequel, but IMO, it captured the feel of the classic games with modern controls. If you like. Yeah, I mean... I, I... I don't know if I would say that it 
went back to its roots because it felt very different than like a Metroid One. Yeah, and it was uh, sort of building on the plot from Metroid Fusion. Yeah, it was really I day. really like Dread though. Um, I thought it was I thought it was excellent. And again, that is an interesting like how we talked about with Assassin's Creed roots being elsewhere. Like the roots of Super Metroid are all over all, all sorts of design, indie and uh, AAA, and so um, quite. They weren't just pulling from Metroid's past, but the entire genre's past. Uh, Mr. Arms and Legs gives five Canadian dollars. It says, the irony of the going back to the roots is that it, the best way is to refine the design stroke gameplay so it feels fresh like the first time we played it. Mm-hmm. Yes, that would be like a Sonic Mania, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, a Doom 2016. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yes, we've been over all that. Uh, Merchant of Life gives £10 and says, would love to see God of War go back to its roots just throwing out all the character development for no reason. Kratos just mass murdering all he sees. Boy in horror of what his dad used to be. Yeah, like I, if, uh, it felt like 2018 made such a deliberate attempt to... Yeah, again, that, that's a genie that's not going back in the bottle. Yeah. Can't really, because it's all like soulful and emotional now. Like, remember the end of God of War Ragnarok, where Kratos yeah. uh, sees his future and has a big old sook? Mm-hmm. Big old sook? Couldn't imagine that him have going from that big old sook to uh, slashing the shit out of monsters again. What is a big old sook? Well, uh, uh, well he cries. Oh. He cries at the end of God of War Ragnarok. I didn't. I'd never heard of a sook. I'd never heard that word before. Well, it's. I guess sook in Australian parlance is more like uh, sulking. Okay. No, I liked it. I thought it was great. It's. You say like if someone's throwing a tantrum, you say someone's throwing a big old sook. I love it. Ten out of ten. So not quite the same thing as having an emotional tear in your eye, cause like the creators did at the end of Ragnarok. But never mind. Uh, Palash T gives four ninety nine and says, "Games going back to their roots reminds me of classic rock bands who try the exact same thing and fail every time." See Rolling Stones, Aerosmith, etc. The Rolling Stones, Palash T, the most popular rock bands, one of the most popular touring acts still to this day. I would not call that a failed enterprise. One wonders how they still have the energy to continue touring to this day. I saw ACDC live like a couple of years back, and they looked like they were struggling so if you don't consider the rolling what the rolling stones doing by still being on tour a failure do you not consider the financial success of call of duty continuing to sort of hash out the same things a failure like how are how is the rolling stones continuing to go on tour well into their 70s i don't think i'd ever describe call of duty as a failure but you, you had a reverence in describing the Rolling Stones that I don't feel like you'd have when talking about... Well, they're modern, very modern good at what people expect of a rock band. Sure. They sing their songs and sweat all over people. Which is like Call of Duty, right? Like Call I think of there's is... a little bit more expected of AAA video games these days, or maybe that's just me expecting too much. Um, I don't know. It, it it seems like there's a there's a there's a line there. You're giving a pass to old Mick and Keith that you're not giving to old Soap McTavish and I don't know any other. Soap McTavish these. didn't write "Gimme Shelter." I'm gonna be honest. Uh, 
That is that is true. Could you imagine what Soap McTavish would have been like if he tried to try to drum up a little bit no, like I, that? No, I, I literally cannot imagine any Call of Duty protagonist caring about something other than shooting foreigners for long enough to write a song. What about what's his name? Ghost? What's the guy who's got the scary mask? I don't even bloody know. I think his no, name might be isn't Ghost. like half the fucking Call of Duty protagonist just a dude in a scary mask. What about Black Ops? Was that a man or was that a group? I remember the protagonist of, of of Black Ops because I remember it being one of the most generic waspy names imaginable. His name was Alex Mason. And I remembered it because that's the exact same name as the protagonist of Red Faction Guerrilla. No. <laughs> oh, no. That's not good. That's good. Uh, Fungus Finder gives $2 and says, Marty, return to Monkey. Use less soap. It's natural. For my face? I'm putting too much soap on my face? Uh, maybe. And then Jim Matchett, member for 27 months in credit, says, Hey guys, just popping in. Marty, what happened to your head? Do you have shingles? Hopefully you'll be okay. That can't be what it was. Is that a real? That wasn't a real comment, was it? Yeah. Oh my God, Jim. Shingles is just adult chicken pox, isn't it? It's just the adult form of the chicken pox virus. Got fucking roasted. Uh, it, yeah, I, I might have shingles. Who knows? It Who's can be a lot more serious than uh, childhood chicken pox. That's why children are encouraged to get chicken pox early on. Uh, I had chicken pox as a child, so. Um, yeah, me too. Also, mumps. I, I think I'm, I'm also. This is again. I think someone said earlier that this might be like a weird uh, light setting in my thing because, like, a little dry. Like, it does not look this bad in my mirror. Well, know you know, no one's face looks as bad as it really is in the mirror because our brain sort of does a little bit of filtering to our senses. But like, I, I see it here. That's, like when I when I look at myself in the mirror, I always think my hairline isn't quite as receded as it seems. But then I look at a photo of myself, mm-hmm. and I see like the true image of my hair. Mm-hmm. But anyway, okay, okay, I can, I can appreciate that. Uh, Cam- Camden Ninja gives five dollars and says, "Part of what makes the original good is its originality, which makes trying to recapture the spirit of the original self-defeating." See Star Wars. Well, there's you know, there's recapturing the original and recapturing the spirit of the original, which I would say. Something like Zelda Breath of the Wild does. Yeah. It's but also frustrating we, when you yeah. still have like, a, you can't throw the entire baby out with the bathwater in a Star Wars when you still get incredible works like Andor, The Last Jedi. Star Wars, Wars is just, is so, Star Wars is just a completely generic setting. You could put anything in it. It's just yeah. science fiction. Yeah. Go to a, there's a, there's a planet with aliens. Ooh. You could set literally every science fiction story that has ever been told could be set in the Star Wars universe and it would fit in just fine. Even 2001 with the monkeys and the baby? Yeah, even that. Oh my god. Incredible. You just, instead of calling it Earth and Jupiter, you'd say it's the planet Mongbom uh, and it's uh, and the gas giant in the same star system, which is called uh Kissy vagina. Kissy vagina, yeah. That's where the Sith started. Yeah. Their secret like base orbiting kissy vagina. Mm-hmm. They they'll never find us here, they thought. Yeah, yeah. Chewbacca went on an adventure to kissy vagina at one point. Yeah. See the Sith make their base there because they know the Jedi can't bring it up without getting demonetized. That's true. 
That's that's why they sent Chewbacca because he uh, just he growls. Yeah, YouTube won't uh, demonetize his roars. <laughs> anyway, enough of that riff. Uh, Fungus Finder gives two dollars and says, "Also, quit touching your face. Stop it. Stop it." Oh, does it bother you when I've touched my face, Fungus Finder? Mm, I love stroking my beard. Mm, I'm going to scratch my nose as well. Mm. Is that like a misophonia thing? Like, I hate listening to the sound of people eating. Do some people just hate the sight of people touching their faces? I don't know. I feel like they should have to... uh they should have to be on camera speaking extemporaneously for several hours a week and uh, let everyone else point out all of their flaws and eccentricities and small ticks and see how they like it. Think about you, that. You're getting a bit touchy now everyone's bringing up your weird forehead. Oh, no, I was the one who first brought, I brought this up for a while. Um, it doesn't It doesn't bother me. I'm going to be honest. Chat, I love you. I don't give a shit what anyone in chat thinks about me. Okay. <laughs> it, is, it is wild how little I care what anyone thinks about me. But I do appreciate it. I like some. I've gotten good tips. I bought some. I bought some cremes. I bought some cremes that I put on my forehead. We'll see. I feel like the creme might have made it worse. But yeah, I'm on the creme. Creme de menthe. Oh, hey, buka. <laughs> ah. Anyway, tsunami douche gives two dollars and says, "Here's a joke for you, foam stars." Oh, foam stars. You I know what foam know, stars is? I don't. I do not know what foam stars is. Square Enix is trying to make a uh, Splatoon-like, but instead of paint, it's foam. It's like suds everywhere. Well, that and it seems... just looks like Splatoon, but it's just got foam sprayed everywhere. Well, that seems a bit naked. Yeah, in terms of intentions. Yeah, yeah. It's even hard. It's like harder to visually read than Splatoon because it just fucking bubbles everywhere. Also, it's kind of late to the party, isn't it? Splatoon's like three games in and no one cares about it anymore. Yeah. Well, Splatoon's incredibly popular. So I'm sure. Well, all right. I don't care about Splatoon. Oh, if you don't care about it, end exactly. a convo. Exactly. You know, maybe only just now people are starting to like make the Splatoon likes. Because I remember playing the, the Crash Bandicoot party game at GDC and oh, thinking, yeah. this has a sort of a Splatoon-y vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. Just really, really slow on the ball, or not realizing how well, big it was. Because games take so long to make. That's why it took so long for like the serious Souls-like ripoffs to come out after yeah. the success of the initial Dark Souls. Yeah, and the first ones we got, like the original Lords of the Fallen, were kind of um, yeah. dumpy. And then Breath of the Wild was out for a few years before uh, the imitators for that started showing up, yep. like uh, uh, Genshin Impact and uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Phoenix Rise. Uh, Joseph Eastham gives $2. Eastham, I hardly knew him. And says, I want to see Warhammer 40k in Star Wars. Could happen. Anything could happen. Yeah, those big old, big old armor boys fighting a bunch of monsters. Yeah. He could actually be on uh, Kissy Vagina or whatever the name of your planet was. Kissy Vagina, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well that was the last Super Chat. Bit of, bit anticlimactic, really. And uh, after all that, we have a grand total of one extra percentage point towards Avengers Night Season 4. Well, you tried. In. You, an effort was made. I thought you guys did great. Well, thanks very much for listening to Slightly Something Else. Uh, I was Yahtzee, I was joined by Marty. Oh, thank you all so much. 
Uh, what have we got coming this week? I've got my usual zero punctuation on Wednesday. Uh, the one going out publicly is Assassin's Creed Mirage, relevantly. Uh, but the one coming out to members who get the, get it a week early, don't forget, which is why you should subscribe, is going to be Lords of the Fallen. Mm-hmm. The new one, smartass. Not the previous one with the exact same name that is going to confuse things forevermore. I think we're safer with this one because I feel like the first one just forgot. Or people just forgot about the first one. Like it was well, a very forgettable game where it's not like Doom or God of War where you're like, what the fuck game is this? Well, people remember uh, it now because they brought out another fucking game with the exact same that, title. Yeah, yeah. I guess that is true. Uh, yeah, and if you're a member, you can watch all of Yahtzee's things early and uncensored. You know all those cussies mm. we were saying just now? You yes. can hear those cussies in videos. But uh, yes, and uh, you can also watch Extra Punctuation with the Cussies. And uh, there'll be a new one of those coming out this week too. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, of course, Adventure is Nigh. There's a new episode that went out publicly on Saturday, but there'll be a new one for members next Saturday. Oh, and um, we mustn't forget, on Wednesday, uh, I will be starting a new streaming series. That's not the post-CP stream, but it's in the same place of it and requires about as much effort, which is the only way I can do new things. I have to drop one of the old things first. Uh, We're doing Yahtzee Unscripted, in which I will be streaming new games that I haven't played. And uh, 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 once we've streamed it, I will be writing up some notes and we'll put out a little edited highlights video of the streams uh, with a little mini capsule reviews. I think we'll be doing that at the weekend. Saturday, I think. So yeah, in terms of stream itself, same ZP post CP time, same post CP length, right? So that's yes. still going to get plenty, plenty of spoofs and goofs, uh, just on on different games that you aren't already sick of, which is very nice. I think uh, this Wednesday, one of the games I'm going to play is probably going to be Mario Wonder, since you keep talking it up. Very good. Uh, but I'm I'm sort of don't really want to play it for ZP. Because I'm mm. dubious that it's that much more than just another Mario platformer. But I'm ready to be uh, convinced. You could just do a, do a nice little pairing with Sonic. There you go. Uh, Two birds well, that I am reviewing in ZP. You're reviewing Sonic and you're now reviewing Mario. Funny how these things turn out, isn't it? It's almost like Fuck one of them still... Uh, there's still more interesting things to talk about. Something that continually fails. Anyway, that's it for my content. What what else has the Escapist got to show for itself? Uh, later today, uh, Hidden Gems, uh, Casey and Jesse are going to be playing Laika Aged Through Blood, which is uh, apparently uh, a, new, a new indie game that uh, people seem to really like. Uh, that's like a, it's like a Metroidvania, but you're on a motorcycle. So it's a mm-hmm. little bit like a Trials Metroidvania. Ooh. Well, it's vaguely intriguing, so maybe I'll play that on Wednesday as well. There's a couple of slots open. Oh my god, get your games in early, get your games getting off, and, uh, and then all the regular stuff. We'll be doing the recap tomorrow at the normal time. Uh, I think Nick is going to be uh, doing uh, Dark Souls tomorrow. Yeah, all the, all the regular streams all week, so tune in, tune in for those and just be good to each other. Okay, well I guess that'll be it from us then. Hmm? Thanks for watching, see you all next time. Bye everyone. Bye.